It is the weekly Locked On Big 12 roundtable. We've got some odds from our friends at betonline.ag on who will win the Big 12 conference this year. That's the whole show. That's it. A whole lot to tackle coming up, coming your way. Dudes talking odds tonight on this roundtable episode. That's coming up right after this. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I'm Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. To my right is Stephen Simcox from Locked On Horn Frogs. Below him, it is John Williams from Locked On Sooners. To his left and below me, it is Jacob Hatch from Locked On Cougars. So, guys, we finally got the Big 12 odds. A lot of angles to get this from. But here they, here they are if you're watching on YouTube. So the, the two favorites are Oklahoma and Texas. They have the closest odds. Plus 175 for Oklahoma, 7-4, to if you want the fractional odds. And then Oklahoma, uh, t- excuse me, Texas is 2-1, to one, plus 200 right there. I saw these, so we're going to break them up. We're going to go from the top tier to the middle tier to the bottom tier. But I see these odds. I see OU up top. I see Texas in second. John, I'll go to you first. I think they're correct. I think Oklahoma should be a slight favorite over the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, I think a slight favorite over whoever you'd want to put at number two, whether it's Baylor or Oklahoma State. It seems like the national narrative is that Oklahoma is the favorite to win the Big 12. That's been the case in years past. I mean, it was the case last year. It didn't turn out that way. I think it's going to be a lot closer conference than maybe a lot of people think it's going to be. I'm not sure if Texas is a two-to-one, you know, right there in second. I, I would put them a little bit closer to where Baylor's at. Um, but, I, yeah, I think Oklahoma probably should be there. And it's interesting, you know, like four five months ago, we were wondering, is this the death of Oklahoma? Like, are they going to, you know, fall off all of a sudden? And here we are right back, right where they were a year ago as the favorite to win the conference, a contender for a college football playoff berth. But again, it's going to come down to, can they win the games to get them into the Big 12 championship game and then avoid the two-loss season that'll keep them out of a college football playoff? Steven, I think these odds are correct. I, I think uh, Texas should be two to one because the, they are the most talented team in the conference, especially on offense. They should hold that title. So, but I do think Oklahoma, in terms of coaching, in terms of players they bring in, uh, and distinguishment, deserves you know for their track record to be the favorite. So, where do you sit on how these titles uh, or these these odds, I should say, are currently at for the title? Man, you guys are like gonna get me in trouble with my with my people with my horn frog people here. I'm just sitting here like I'm okay with OU being the favorite. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think Brett Venables obviously brings a new energy, a new identity there. But I mean, the, my first thought when I saw this, I get Texas's talent, and we talk about it every year. And I was the one that was defending Quinn Ewers when all you guys were against capitalism earlier uh, <laughs> in the off season. And I know they beefed up their offensive line, but like, why, what, why, why is it different now? Why is it different now? They've always done this. They've always won the off season. And you know, I, Steve Sarkeesian, good coach, they, all that being said, they're five and seven last year. And I know there are reasons to why they were five and seven last year, but they still lost to Kansas at home. Like I just can't see, bring myself to say, Oh yeah, this team's a number two. 
you know, team in the Big 12. Um, so my big question is, like, what is – and this is why I'm going to get in trouble. Like, what did Baylor really lose from that team last year? Now, Gary Bohannon has transferred. Their quarterback, their running back, their best, their two best defensive players. Yeah, but that coaching staff is still intact. You you said yourself, Josh, like, you watched Gary Bohannon in that, uh, in that Sugar Bowl, and everybody sure. was – was saying, totally hey, true. you got to make a change. I think Jeff Grimes is, um, you know, smart enough to protect Blake Shapin. And I'll say this, like, yeah, the quarterback's a question mark, but what team in the conference is there not a question mark at QB? I mean, Texas has to do with a lot of talent. But we've never seen them play at the college level. OU has a guy that, you know, put up great numbers at UCF. No disrespect to that program. I think it's going to be a little different in the Big 12. Um, Spencer Sanders has been inconsistent. You know, I, I think you could go down the list. I just – I get it, but I think Dave Aranda's a sharp defensive mind, and even with some of the drop off, I would have them right behind OU because. All right, uh, I, feel I, like have, I have to cut you to off. It. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question, Stephen. Who yeah. is the most talented quarterback in the entire conference? Talent, talent wise, yes. I mean, I guess Quinn Ewers. I didn't stop down. All right, who, oh, 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 who's the most talented wide receiver? Mm, Xavier Worthy. Okay, who's the most talented running back? What was their record last year, Josh? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm asking. I'm, let me okay, but, but John Robinson and Xavier Worthy were there last year. What was their record, no, Josh? Quinn Ewers wasn't, and, all, and also the guys behind them are all four and five stars. So like this team, this team is actually different than last year's. They they. When they have we ever talked about Texas having a recruiting problem? When have yeah, they not had four Tom, and five but, star players? But Steve Sarkeesian is not Tom Herman at all. He's not. Or is he? he what? Guys, guys, from a key, who was the last wide receiver to win a Heisman? It was Devontae Smith. Who made him look that good? It was Steve Sarkeesian. Was he the head coach or was he the offensive coordinator? He was the one calling plays, at least. Come on now. This guy's the one calling plays. Nick Saban's not out there being like, yeah, how do we, we run this? No, come on. He, look, at, at least you have to give me this. The offense for Texas is far and away the most talented player. You could argue, like, they have at every skill position, you know, maybe fine. Somebody else's tight end you could take, but like they've got the most talent at every skill position on offense. Sure. The offensive line needs work. Sure. Their defense needs work, but in a conference where the two teams that were in the big 12 title game are losing so much, you cannot argue like the two favorites are clear. It's Texas and OU. Th- those two teams. You think it's, you favorite. think it's a, you think it's unfair for me to have a question about a guy that's never thrown a collegiate pass, even if he's a five star. He's one of the highest rated recruits ever. He was behind CJ Stroud. So was like, Spencer Rattler. Well, yeah, he was a high rated recruit. He's never thrown a collegiate pass. I, I, like, I, I can't. I can't have reservations about Texas. Sure. I can't have reservations no, no, about the University of Texas. Them, but no, but Baylor should be favored over. I can't have reservations about the University had, of Texas no, 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 no. their potential. Last uh, year, Baylor had a thousand take. You're telling me that's an insane take that I have reservations you're, you're about the Baylor, Texas Longhorns' Baylor, no, 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 no. expectations. That's, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the ridiculous part. Is that you would put Baylor over Texas this year? They they sucked two years ago. I think they're good to go. I th- I think I think Dave Brandon's an awesome. Do you? Coach. You're yelling at me right now. No, but would you would would you would you give them the odds uh, the, the odds on over Texas Baylor? 
after losing Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie, Abram Smith, and the quarterback they protected so much? No, they've got no experience. Also, don't forget your offensive line team. is coming back. They lost two wide and, receivers to draft. And many people think that Blake Shapin is a much better quarterback than Gary Bohanna was. And oh, Tyquan Thornton was a good player, but man, he had drop issues. Let's be real. Like he was fast, but he wasn't a very But good he wide was receiver. their best wide receiver they had. Abram Smith was a thousand yard rusher last year. He was and a lot. Ebner. Yeah, he was no Ebner. Okay, Ebner is Ebner. He, he Abram Smith. Abram Smith was a linebacker two years ago. They walked in. Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos walked into an <laughs> offense that was horrible. The quarterback of that offense is playing at Liberty right now because he couldn't start yeah. at Utah. Yes, right, yes. and they turned that thing around in one season. Well, Utah was in a Rose Bowl you, to be fair because of that quarterback. But like you know, let's not because it's Charlie Brewer. No, not because uh, they would, no, they would no, the no, sugar no, ball. But I'm saying, like, let's be fair about this. Like, let's be fair about this. All right, their offense protected the quarterback because their running back Abrams. They lucked into that. That was great. That was awesome for them. Their offensive line overperformed from their last year. We know that's a fact. They did. They were a horrible offensive line in 20, great offensive line in 21. All but right? they're running it I, back with that crew. The but, crew that yes, I agree, with. but there's but none of the skill guys are there around them. It's it, they're going to win like probably eight nine games. Sure in that range. But if you, if you stack them up against Texas, you cannot, there's, there's no, we're talking about odds here, right? Odds. There is no way a sports book is going to list a Baylor ahead of Texas with all of the talent they have. And look, this talent, this level of talent is different. Nair Whittington worthy is the best three receivers in this league. It's not close. Oh, you add, I, I Jai Hall and you add Billingsley. If one of those guys, if only one of them hits, you're in great shape. There's this this Texas offense is almost big banks 2008. It's too big but, to fail. This offense is too big though. to fail. They scored 35 points a game. Last they had Casey year. Thompson, Hudson Card, and they still scored 35 points a game in the Their first half. Gave up 31 points a game. Like this, yeah, is, it won't that be was an offense that was still pretty yes. good. Is the we defense got, going to be that much better to get them five wins better than yes, what they were last year? Yes, they they were they were leading Baylor, they were leading Iowa State, they were they were leading uh, against OU, they were leading. I mean, they, they were beating all the team all the teams they lost to. They were beating if they flip. So what was the record last year? Five and seven. Five right? and seven. They didn't okay. make a bowl game. They, they, no, they did not. I think that's an important thing to say. And they it's, lost to Kansas. It's, it's totally fine. Yes. Okay. All right, lost so, to all right. So this this year. Right, so this this year. Do you think they beat Kansas? Probably. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's 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 just flip that KU game around. All right. The rest of those against the top level of the conference. All right. If they win three of those games, they're basically at nine wins. And, and if- they and and it's I'm I'm not tossing out some ridiculous hypothetical here. Be like they flipped three of them. They were winning all of them. They were winning all of those games. And now they're like, here's the thing, guys. We saw Hudson Card and Case Thompson. Throughout the season, those guys were not good enough. They weren't. Steve Sarkeesian was like very, very, very explicit about that, saying, "Well, you know, we're not even sure who our quarterback is going into the season." Uh, that that was all year long. Like, if Quinn Ewers is seventy five percent of the player that we think he could be, this thing goes well. Also, what do you want to give a guy like that? All the weapons in the world, all of them. Okay, Josh, can I weigh in with one thing here? Real Go quick? ahead. Sorry, Jake. I have not. Yeah, oh, I've been, I've so been there, there are some connections to BYU here. Steve Sarkeesian is a legend in Provo. He led BYU to a 14-1 and record as their starting quarterback in 1996. Yeah. But 
as a head coach in college football, his records, five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, seven and six, eight and four, nine and four, three and two, five and seven. He has never won double digit games with USC as one of the programs he was a head coach of. Also the University of Washington. I love Sark. I truly do. But his track record indicates that he will get less from more. There you go. Wow. Uh, well, well, you know, I'm not a pro, normally a pro Texas. I mean, you know, locked on Big 12 host here. I mean, I, I don't want, wish any good goodwill towards OU or Texas on the way out. But like, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you guys, I think OU and Texas as the two favorites. I mean, it's got to be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be there. They have I, to be one and two. I'm not surprised that they are one two. Let me be. Let me be upfront about that. I just Texas. They have underachieved for well over a decade at this point. I know they have all the weapons in the world, but I just have this inkling that somehow, some way, Texas's back is gonna bite them in the rear end again. And that that. But that, like, okay, so so there's Texas's back. Like Sam Ellinger is throwing the football right. I mean, this the kid they have a quarterback, guys. <laughs> Quinn Ewers is not Sam Ellinger. I he's get not it. Hudson Card. I also, guys, the Hudson anybody there. I've heard a lot of this. It's like it could be Hudson Card. They're just doing it so they have a decent backup. It's Quinn Ewers. You don't bring a kid in like that unless he's starting. My whole point is this: is that that level of talent? Sure. When we do that, we do this weekly thing. When they get curb stomped by Bama, you guys will say, oh, you, you sure this Texas team going to win 9, 10 games? And I'll come back to you guys, and I'll, I, I'm going to pound the over, all right? Another sports book, which we won't name, listed the Texas over-under at eight and a half games. I am pounding that over. There are not, there are not, I will repeat this again, like eight teams this conference that, can, that, that are better than them. This year is going to be different for them. Because it has to be for Sark, it has to for the quarterback, it has to for the guys behind him, it has to. Like it, it's got, it's going to be different this year, guys. I'm just telling you all. All right, this is not Tom Herman's or Charlie Strong's Texas. This is different. It's 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 so much different. And Tom Herman was considered a pretty good coach when he uh, went from Houston to Texas. Well, I mean, he never coached anybody up though. The guy just came in the room and yelled. At least Steve Sarkeesian, I can see, I can see the word right. Now, besides not giving Julio the Julio Jones the ball in Atlanta in the red zone, right? Like, like in in the offensive play calling category, where are we? Like, okay, this guy sucks. The first play of OU Texas, I'm pretty sure it was just a screen pass to to Xavier Worthy, which he took like 70 yards. Yeah, right? Xavier Worthy is a fantastic player. I, they I have, have nightmares, they have like I have nightmares about that dude. Here. Yeah, but you can't play all of them. Like, you're only going to play three or four guys at a time. They're not going to go find Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Jai Hall, yes. Jaleel Billingsley, Jordan Whittington, Roshan Johnson. You can like, name all the wide receivers you want. They're not going to play seven wide receivers. They're going to be all good. those guys can play like nearly at one time. Right. They're going to be really good offensively. I have questions about the defense if it can be better. I have questions about the coaching staff if they're good enough to be a top contender in the Big 12. Are they going to be better? Absolutely. I don't expect them to win five games again in 2022 but I don't expect them to make a five, six game jump this year. I, I, I just don't expect Why am I fist fighting for Texas here? What is I have no idea, but I, and I kind of agree with Steven about Baylor. I think they're being undersold a little bit. And yes, they did lose some big pieces on their team, especially Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard, but 
those are just two guys on your defense. I mean, and they got lost some other guys too, safety, cornerback as well. Their quarterback is gone. Their but cor- you you said I, I like Blake Shane back. Blake, Blake but like, where's the running player. back behind him? Who is he throwing to? Okay. Yeah. Yet again, I have a BYU connection here. Jeff Grimes, he was the offensive coordinator at BYU. There were huge question marks going into Zach Wilson's junior season, the one that yeah. he broke out in, about who was going to play running back for BYU in that season. Guess who emerged that year? Tyler Algier. Yeah. And, and guess what? The year before, he had played linebacker for BYU. Jeff Grimes, he is a great That's coach. Brilliant. He will yeah, yeah, find yeah. an answer. I, I guarantee he will find something for Baylor. I, I, I think Baylor's being undersold. Maybe I wouldn't have them overtaking Texas at number two, but they've got to be number three in my mind. All right, so uh, we'll move on here. We'll uh, we'll get a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by brought to you all by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15. You guys can get 15% off on your first purchase. Uh, they got all kinds of flavors. They always have new flavors coming out as well, and they're much healthier for you all. They taste like candy bars, much healthier than candy bars are once again promo code lock 15 at built.com today all right so we have to go down the list here as, as this, this was a fun spirited conversation one on three don't mind i'll, t- I'll take i'll luka Doncic. I'll, I'll take on all comers i feel like we uh, need an episode of pti all of a sudden <laughs> we need tony reality to to, to moderate this uh so there is oklahoma state five to one baylor is uh 7.5 to one plus 750 Iowa State twelve to one. TCU is uh, fourteen to one. Okay, so out of the middle tier, all right, Stephen, I'll go to you first. It sounds like out of that middle tier, you like Baylor the most out of that out of that group. Yeah, I do. I mean, everybody has kind of their own set of question marks. Um, you know, I, I was actually a little surprised that some of the teams that TCU was ahead of, just because they've struggled. Even though I I, I get it, like I think there's. So I guess respect for Sonny Dykes and the offenses that he's built at different stops. Um, but they really struggled against like Kansas State and West Virginia. Actually, Chris Kleiman and Neil Brown are 6-0 and uh, against the Frogs since they took over. So um, that'll be a little bit of a jump for them. You know, Oklahoma State, I, I think there's so much to replace on the defense side of the ball. And then pairing that with um, – I don't really know. I mean, the identity sort of shifted for them. And I would love to say like Mike Gundy and company could get that offense rolling. But uh, last year it just never really came together. And then Iowa State replacing Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Um, I, I like Baylor. I think the coaching staff being, you know, it, it sounds funny to say they're solidified when it's really the third year of Dave Aranda and, and the second year, honestly, where the staff has kind of been together. Um, but I think there is potential to sort of carry over the continuity from last season, even with the pieces that are missing from last year. Jake, I'm going to you on this. It's so funny because I thought about this earlier. There's in this weird way, Baylor feels more solid than Oklahoma State. Now, it's not a knock on Mike Gundy, but like, think about it like this Gundy's been there forever, right? So it should be this solid entity. But in a way, I agree with Steven, like, in the midfield, Baylor does feel like more of a solid bet. And I think that speaks to Dave Aranda and what he's created there. Like, they're just this, I trust it in some way. And let's let's also acknowledge the fact that Baylor it, it's it's really one year because Aranda went from worst to first practically, and that that's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about this. But I'm with you. It seems like the the bedrock, the the foundation that he laid with Baylor, it's built to just kind of just keep rolling here, and that's that's a good sign if you're a Baylor fan. But we cannot 
just throw Oklahoma State to the side. Because as you said, Mike Gundy, he's been around for a long time. He knows how to coach good football. I wish Linda was here to to back me up on this right. a little bit because the 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 situation at Oklahoma State is annually that team seems to always get undersold in a way. And there are times they have sunk, but many times Mike Gundy seems to find a way to overachieve. John, so your your thoughts on the midfield, any team? I mean, I, I've heard some Iowa State buzz, you know, in, in this kind of midfield range, just because it's like this is right where Matt Campbell wants all of us to be. Uh, where is Where is your – Where's your attention drawn to? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that Iowa State is that high up in the odds because they, I mean, we talk about teams that lost players, man. They lost five of what their six best players and Purdy and Brees Hall and Charlie Kolar and Mike Rose and Will Anderson. Like that's a ton of talent that they lost on both sides of the football. And, and really everybody's lost a bunch. Like Oklahoma lost six defensive starters, lost a bunch of guys on offense as well. And they're still the favorite. So it's just really interesting how every team in the big 12 has lost really key players. And yet the hierarchy kind of stays the same a little bit. Um, Baylor to me is the team that's being undersold. I, I think they, they're going to be a little bit better than what they're expected to be or where, where they have them ranked. Like you look at different power rankings or, you know, uh, Paul Meyerberg, USA Today, had his 1 to 130 ranking or 1 to 131 ranking um, released just the other day. And Baylor was the number two team in the Big 12, according to him. So it's not necessarily to say that that is going to be the way it plays out. But I, I do think Baylor is going to be a better team than what the odds are showing there. Um, I think kind of what you guys talked about with David Randa, the dude is just steady. Like there's no highs, there's no lows, there's just even keel. It's super boring. You know, a lot of times the way he speaks isn't going to get you fired up. If Doesn't win the press conference. No, wins the game. that's right. And, and I think there's something to be said for that. Like, you know, yes, they did lose some guys, but are people going to be shook by the fact that Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard aren't there? No. Are they going to be shook that Gary Bohannon went to USF? No, probably not. They're, I think they're going to be just as fired up as they were last year and ready to build on what they did in 2021. I feel like Petrie and Bernard are bigger losses than we're selling right now. No, honest. they're huge. They're huge. Massive so, losses. They're huge losses. But you know, every team lost something. You know, like Oklahoma, they lost their best pass rusher last from last. They lost a lot of guys last year. You know? did, and so, yeah. but they're still considered the favorite in the in the league. And so I, I think that just to me, I would expect that Dave Aranda is going to have some really good players yeah. on the depth chart to fill in at those spots. Before we hit our next break, Jake, so this is the range where people seem to think that if BYU was in the conference, it's where they'd be. You know, they, they bring back quarterback Jaron Hall. Kalani's Taki is back. You know, obviously courted by other places. But you see these odds and tend to think, yeah, BYU probably in this, this midfield mix. Yeah, and I threw it out on Locked On Cougars on our Twitter feed, and John responded to it. Uh, the consensus seemed to be they think BYU'd kind of be sitting in that four or five spot if they were in the conference this year, and I think that's probably a good spot to be sitting at. That fifteen to two, uh, Oklahoma State's a little too high at five to one, but yeah, Iowa State at twelve to one. I could see BYU very much being right there. And the nice part is, yes, BYU does, a, does have a lot returning. Uh, they do have to replace their running back, but they think that they've found the option there in Chris Brooks. So I think the Cougars will be very competitive this year and definitely at least at top half of the conference. All right, one more word from our sponsors on today's show. It's our friends from rockauto.com. Uh, if you guys need anything for your vehicle, whether it's a daily driver 
work car, whatever it is, you guys go to rockauto.com today. You'll spend 30, 50, or even 100% less than you would from a chain store or a car dealership uh, for every part you need, whether it's tail lamps or you know brake lights. You've got all that stuff that you need right now at rockauto.com today. It's a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today. Right, locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Boys, it's time for some long shots. The ones at the back end of the conference, TCU, 14 to 1. I kind of threw them in there, but we'll give you that one, Stephen, uh, to talk about there. Uh, Texas Tech, 40 to 1. West Virginia, 40 to 1. Kansas State, 50 to 1. And then Kansas, three hundo to one, fellas. Uh, so I'll ask you first, Stephen: Are we undervaluing TCU? And also give us a a long shot if it's not the Horn Frogs. I mean, I think where they are is about right. I, you know, I feel like if things come together for them, um, then you're talking about a team that could win seven, possibly eight games. To me, the real challenge for TCU is not so much. Um, you know, the offensive side of the ball, you got a quarterback situation you still have to figure out. But I think honestly, like there's t- enough talent to skill positions. They can score points. It's just rebuilding this defense. That's going to be the, the real problem. And, you know, transitioning to a new scheme under Joe Gillespie, uh, trying to get more beef up front. That's going to take some time. As far as who else on that list could sort of jump up and make something happen, man, it's really a tough call. Like I like, I like to join McGuire hire a lot, but I, I feel like there's just it's a lot of work to do at Texas tech, obviously, um, man, I'm, I mean, it, I might go with K-State, honestly, just because I think Chris Kleiman yes. has a formula, has a formula to win ball games, playing a physical style. Um, you know, we know Deuce Vaughn is an electric player. I, I know there's a lot of question marks around that team, but I just, I think there's some consistency there. Um, West Virginia, I guess if JT Daniels somehow puts a great season together, they could be in the mix, but I know they're dealing with a lot of attrition. Uh, during the off season, so if I had to pick one from that group, I would probably roll with the Wildcats. That's that's where I'm at, and I've been a huge anti Adrian Martinez guy, but like their their weapons are awesome. And here's the thing: you just have finished top two, right? And then you're in the title game, and then once you're there, we know like, you can win it. And here's the thing: look at this conference the last what five six years. Who has been there? We've seen OU, Texas, Iowa State. Uh, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I mean, I just list y'all half the teams of the conference have been there. Like, if you're in the mix, you can get there. So, and, and John, you've seen this more than anybody else, right? As, as somebody covers OU, you see these teams rise up more than anybody else. So, if you're sitting from that perspective, all right, who's the team this year? And I know K State gives y'all a lot of problems. Are you losing Wildcats? Maybe Texas Tech? Where are you going with this? Now, I've been banging the drum for West Virginia for the last mm. month or so since JT Daniels uh, committed. It's just a team that I, I love their defensive front with Akeem Mesador and Dante Stills. I think that's a really strong duo. I think they're just due for a, a really strong season. I think if they can get a healthy season out of JT Daniels, that's going to make a big difference. And then really a lot of it rests on that. The dude just hasn't been able to stay healthy in his college career, and, and it's unfortunate. But hopefully this is the year for him to, to have that. I think if they can put together some you know, nice wins, because they started off pretty strong 
in 2021 and then things kind of you know went haywire um if i remember right but i i think this is a team that could have that baylor kind of resurgence that you know last place in the conference into the the big 12 title game if they can you know, get some health at the quarterback position if they're able to replace Letty Brown with a good running back. But I really like the defense that they put together pretty much every year. I mean, they gave teams fits last year at uh, different times. They only Oklahoma only scored 16 on them. And so I think this is a team that, you know, as far as long shots are concerned, it's one of the ones that I really like the best. All right, Jake, you got to take your shot now. Who do you go with? So the funny thing about this is I would just, for the fun of it, I would – Pick Kansas at 301. Yes. <laughs> absolutely an insane number to look at, 301. But I'm actually – I am a big fan of Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. To see them at 50 to 1, it just seems like that one is a great bet. So I, I guess I'm going to go with you guys, I, both uh, Josh and Steven, with picking Chris Kleiman at Kansas State because 50 to 1 just seems like a little bit too long of odds for a, a program like Kansas State that we all know the MO of what Kansas State is. Even going back for decades, it's been a hard-nosed football team that's going to make sure that you feel them every time you play them. And I think Chris Kleiman coming over from North Dakota State, he has brought that same type of mentality to Manhattan. I'd be hard-pressed to pick against Kansas State. But 300 to 1, I'd put some Skittles on Kansas just for the hell of it. The, I, I, see, I saw one sportsbook had their over on a win total at two and a half. So that is why I, they're <laughs> okay. Here's the thing uh, two and a half for Kansas. I know that how bad they have been, but what their coaching staff is doing, mm-hmm. I think they've got the right coaching staff in place. I'd actually take the over on that. I think they win three or four this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm totally with you. Like, like for me, Devin Neal is like a legit dude. They've got more also, they've got more than one legit running back. Kai Thomas from from uh, Minnesota is legit, dude. It's like they've got two good backs. If yeah. Bean or Jalen Daniels figures it out, I mean, I, I'm on board. So I'm with you on this. If, um, if, Lance, if Lance Leipold is given the requisite time to really do what he's done at other programs, he's been yes. at most notably Buffalo at the FBS level, he will make Kansas a bowl-eligible team. I that think. guy's a winner. He's just yeah. a winner. Yeah. He will get, he will get them the bowl eligibility and people will be absolutely losing their minds knowing where Kansas has been for over a decade now. You got to give them the time but they're going to be a surprise team this year. I think they win 3 or 4 and I'd be and if they go 5 and 7, people are maybe going to vote him as coach of the year. I'm going to get so so you mentioned Jay that I I I liked what Steven had to say. I'm going with Texas Tech though. They've okay. got good backs. They've right. got They've got the the maybe the hottest offensive coordinator in all of college football. I mean, the Bailey Zappi just got drafted, right? Yep. And so people like that. Joey McGuire made a great hire, snatching him up early, and people have just been like, "Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing." I mean, in this conference this year, hell, who knows? And also, they've got three quarterbacks that are like legitimately good options between. Guys, we talked last year. I said, "Hey, Tyler Shuck had the seventh best odds to be the number one pick in last year's draft, according to our friends at Bet Online uh, last year." Also, Devon, uh, um, uh, Donovan, Smith. Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith, who was awesome last year, and then also uh, they've got Baron Morton, who's one of the best recruits in their entire program's history. The vibes are positive. Nine and three this year. Hey, maybe nine and three even gets you in the Big Twelve Championship game 
as second fiddle to somebody else. Who knows? So uh, a lot of good, sh- I think a lot of good options in the bottom part of this conference. I'm feeling. Oh, wait, Jake, you got, oh, we're, we're, oh, you're muted. No, not yet. No, Still not yet. Him. Still can't hear him. You lost Jake. Big sad. It was oh, a good, really good though, I imagine. You are fire though. You, you're doing great. You're doing well. Uh, all right. So uh, we'll wrap up here. Uh, plugs and times to let us know where you can find you. Jake, if it doesn't work for you, I'll let everybody, I'll let everybody know where they can find you. But Steven, I'll let you go first and give Jake some time. Yeah, I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. Show is at Locked on TCU. Locked on Horn Frogs, wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube as well. And uh, oh man, I think we just lost Jake, but we'll keep rolling here. Yeah, and you can follow Come me back. on Twitter Come at John9Williams. You can follow the show at Locked on Sooners, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at the Sooners Wire. And I'm really glad that Steven decided to take up arms against Quinn Ewers as well. So. Quinn's still my boy. I was just taking on Texas as an institution. <laughs> as Jake. we all should. No! No! Uh, all right. You guys can find Jake on at Locked on Horn Frogs and at Simcox Steven. <laughs> you guys can find Jake on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. You guys can find the show at Locked on Cougars as well. Or basically, get your podcast. And on YouTube as well, Jacob. Yes, yes, Jake. Yes, yes. On YouTube as well. That, that's for Jake. You the guys can find me. Locked on Cougars. <laughs> you guys can find me at LO Big 12. That, that's the account. You guys can find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show where we all, y'all find your podcast and you guys uh, find us on YouTube as well. All right, fellas. Next week, hopefully, we'll be able to hear Jake at the end. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.